The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is May 12th, 2015. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Joining me today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also a past department commander for the DAV, the state of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and it's good to be with you again. All right. All right. Thank you. If you missed last week's show, be sure to listen to it in our archive section on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Last week, we had Wendy Day, president of America's Veterans Racing. She started an all-female veterans race team. We also talked to the driver, Crystal Davis, and Pam Larson, who is the spotter for the driver. By the way, both driver and spotter are recipients of of the Purple Heart. Their next race is May 23rd at Hickory Motor Speedway in Newton, North Carolina. Just be sure to give them your support. Bill, you know, I just want to touch on this uh, this article that came out a couple weeks ago and make our veterans aware of what's going on. Our chief, Robert McDonald, uh, actually stated that aging uh, Vietnam veterans are straining uh, the system. Were you surprised to hear that? Really, really surprised, but it's not the first time uh, that I've heard that. And, uh, you know, that's... Uh, that's something that uh, really uh, we've got to be aware of uh, uh, with making statements such as those. Yes, exactly. You know, McDonald actually blamed last year's failure in access primarily on the growth of aging veteran population, specifically the Vietnam veterans again. He also cautioned that the agency hasn't seen the peak demand yet from the veterans because the veterans of the Middle Eastern Wars are are, are also getting older. They'll never reach our age. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, they, they he says that, that we need to get ready and what could happen years from now, especially because of uh, the um, the Middle Eastern wars of them getting older. Uh, a number of veterans is actually declining, but the population is also getting older since older people have the most health issues. The number of claims and issues per, for per, di- per, claim, per claim and per diem has drastically increased. And, I, Bill, I, I believe that, again, you know, maybe if they start handling more preventative care, these serious issues wouldn't come. What do you think of that? 
Well, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, there are other ways to dealing with this, but as, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Gary, our, our veteran population is aging and it suffers from disabilities. I mean, if we, if we start off with the uh, World War II veterans, that war has been over 70 years. So practically all of our remaining World War II veterans are 90-plus years of age. Our oldest veteran from World War II, uh, Sergeant Richard Overton, just this past week, 109 years in Austin, Texas. Uh, and our Vietnam veterans, who you and I are from the same era and and they, and they had boots on the ground, uh, uh, we, we represent 63% of the total veteran population. So, you know, there it is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, I guess the, uh, McDonald was saying that the key to avoid this, these problems is adequate funding. And that's why they're requesting that uh, an increase of 7.5% in funding uh, for the 2016 budget. I mean, um, the House Appropriations Committee cut $1.4 billion from the budget just before and uh, I think the appropriations committee just need to ask one question what are the priorities of this country right Bill absolutely and Gary it is so important that all of our veterans are fully informed of any and all proposed changes that will have drastic changes on their benefit status that's true that's true well, don't forget to visit American Heroes Network Radio's archive library of radio shows. We've actually created a veterans resource that is truly making a difference through our weekly live shows. All our shows are archived on demand for easy access to resources and events anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. Well, today's show is titled Conquering Your Personal War which is a little bit about the PTSD and TBI. Our guest is Andrew O'Brien. He's been with on our, on our show before. And welcome back, Andrew. And by the way, happy birthday. Uh, thank you very much. I'm glad to be back on the show again. All right. Are you happy about another birthday? Uh, not happy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> we, there we go. Back to the old story we just had. We're all getting older. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew has been on USA Today, Fox News, CBS News, 48 Hours, and many other programs. Your life was always a struggle to survive. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about your background and what that tattoo on your back is all about? Yes. Um, so I was raised in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas in a rough area. Uh, I was raised by a mother who um, who was a prostitute, and I don't say that to be mean or hateful. That was her career choice. And um, being raised in that environment, I witnessed a lot of rough things as a child and uh, went through a lot as a kid. And my mother would constantly degrade me and tell me I'd never amount to anything and so that was my life as a child. And as I got older, um, I was forced to drop out of high school because I had nowhere to live. So I lived on the streets for a while. And um, then I got my GED, and I didn't know what was next. And so the next option I had was I, had, I have an older brother, and he had joined the Army. So I went out and got to see what the Army life was about and really enjoyed what I saw because I got to see a family aspect that I didn't, I wasn't raised with. Um, the unit that he was in, 
they were a very tight knit, close, dysfunctional family. And um, you know, there's no such thing as a fully functional family. Every family is dysfunctional. So I got to see that in the army, and I, I wanted it. So I went to the recruiter's office and joined the army. And uh, you know, my brother told me don't go combat, so I didn't. And when I joined, I decided to join as an 88 Mike, which is a truck driver. And so I called my brother and told him what I joined as, and he uh, he asked me if I was stupid. And uh, I asked him why, and he said, uh, don't you know what an IED is? And I wasn't aware of what IEDs were at that point. But um, it, I joined, and I went to, I was based in Schofield Barracks, Hawaii, and I did a 12-month deployment to Iraq. But during my deployment, I didn't drive trucks. I was actually a lead gunner of convoys. And um, really... I enjoyed the experience, but I experienced some very difficult times as well uh, in in Iraq. And when I got home, uh, everything kind of came piling down on me at one time. And um, I I came home, and what I started to do was self-medicate, and I did risky behaviors. I would go racing on highways and things like that. And I finally, it all led to one point in November of 2010 where... I couldn't handle the pressure anymore. I couldn't handle the memories from both my childhood and the military. And um, I ended up deciding to try and take my own life. And I took over 120 pills in less than three minutes and woke up two days later in the uh, ICU at Tripler Army Medical Center in Hawaii. Wow. Um, Well, you know, when did you decide to take control of your life? I mean, it was I the know day that was... I woke up. Um, that was my first time to have a real near-death experience to where I really almost did pass away. And they actually called my brother and told him that I was going to most likely not make it. And So going through this experience really changed my view on, on everything. And it made me decide that I needed to start facing some of my, my personal demons, is what I call them. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I started to come to realization with things and, and started facing things instead of instead of pushing everything down like I have for my entire life. And when I started to face it, you know, it hurt at first, but as I realized going through it, it may hurt at first, but eventually it started getting better. And I, for the first couple of years, I got out of the Army in February of 2011, and I got out just because it was my ETS date. I wasn't med boarded or anything. And um spent the next two years kind of jumping between jobs and as many of us veterans know it's hard to come back to civilian life because your experience in the military doesn't really convert to much um in the civilian world you know i came out and i could have been a truck driver but i didn't want to do that for the rest of my life and um started jumping between jobs and then i heard about the suicide numbers and that's when i decided to Go on my mission of preventing suicides in both the military and general population. Wow. When did you decide to... Oh, t- tell us about the tattoo. Hmm. The tattoo, I got uh, on my back right shoulder, and it's the day that I attempted to take my own life. Mm-hmm. And the reason I got that on my back shoulder is because it was something in my past, but it was something that's always going to be with me. It's, gonna, it's a memory that's always going to be there. So it's on my back to remember that it's behind me, but to never forget that it happened. Because I feel like that's what you're supposed to do with your past is people constantly tell you just forget it, it's in the past. And that's 
one, it's impossible to forget your past. And two, you can really build your life from your past instead of allowing it to, to damage your future. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, when did, now, now you're aimed at actually helping the veterans um, uh, so they can make the right choice also, correct? Yes, that, that is my, my goal. It's been my goal for the past couple of years is uh, really changing the lives of veterans. Um, you know, you'll hear a lot about the VA hiring all these new psychologists and psychiatrists and um, spending more money on, on mental health care, which is great. But the problem is, is they're not listening to the veteran population because if you listen to the veteran population, the most helpful thing to them is speaking to another veteran. It's someone that they can relate to, someone who's been through similar circumstances. Um, and that's what really can make the difference. It's you get them a peer and they see that this peer has overcome their, their personal war and have moved forward to a more successful life. It gives them hope. And that's what my purpose is, is to give them hope and motivation to move forward. Peer-to-peer is what it's all about. Yes, sir. All right. right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Also, check out our sponsor page to see businesses that support our veteran community. Just be sure to support them back. I know I mentioned this last week. We actually had uh, Major Ed Polito join us last month as, as a partner with our loyalty brands, the American Hero Water and Apparel. These products will bring financial support to veterans and military families. Be sure to check back. We will list all participating retailers as it happens on the website and retailers will also be mentioned on all our weekly shows. So stay tuned and this is what the word I got coming very, very soon and just might have the news by next week. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. 
That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Andrew O'Brien, with his new program, A Living Resilient. And, uh, Bill, you had a couple questions on break that you wanted to ask. Certainly, Gary. Andrew, after reading your bio online, uh, and it was such a, a moving bio, I came to the conclusion if there's such a thing of being an honor graduate from the University of Hard Knocks, uh, that's what I got out of your bio. I mean, and, 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 and you know, you, you talk about resiliency, of which I consider to be that thing that we uh, that you're able to bounce back from any kind of adversity and to get back and and, and moving uh, towards some 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 positive goals and objectives and and I really uh, admire you know how you've done that from uh, what what I what I saw in your bio. Let me just say this to you, Andrew. You know, when we all uh, join the military, regardless as to what service it is that uh, we uh, we spend our time in, we go through uh, some training that's called basic training, preparing us to be able to operate, to make us the best, I mean, in terms of our capability of serving uh, as a, as an act, active duty soldier, airman, or whatever it is, but from the kinds of things that uh, I, I saw that you uh, have gone through and still dealing with right now, I'd just like to know what your thoughts might be, and especially where you're talking about the life coaching program. If there was such a thing that was called basic training after being released from active duty to come home and to be able to deal with the challenges of reintegrating back to home and community. I think that would be a great program, and I think that's something that the military and the VA should definitely look at. And it's because, like you said, we are trained to be soldiers, and it's they do a great job at it. I remember everything about basic training, and it really did. They break you down and mold you into who they need you to be to succeed in whatever conflict we're facing at the point at that time. And but you know, I heard someone once say that they, they teach you how to put the uniform on, but you can never figure out how to take it off. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's what getting out is: is you're having to take off that uniform, and you're not trained in it. Now you're trained on how to write resumes, how to do interviews. And things like that, but there's no training on the mental health side. There's nothing about how to become a civilian again. And although we'll never completely be the average civilian, I believe that something like that, a program, you know, like my six-week program teaches them to overcome personal struggles. But if it was something that the military actually did, that would be, I think that would make a huge difference. And the reintegration and the dependency that a lot of veterans come out and depend on the VA for financial stability, um, it would make changes in that, and it would make changes in the suicide numbers. Well, you know, Andrew, I, I think just to follow up on that, and, you know, my experience having uh, served uh, with boots on the ground in Vietnam, when you return back to home and community after being on the battlefield in combat, 
you, you continue to exist with a battlefield uh, or battle mind battlefield mind that you've got to deal with now you know uh you you're in civilian life and to make that uh conversion uh, uh that's so important to, to to be able to make that that step from the battlefield and combat to home and community and i'm sure that you and what you've been doing find other veterans that you're working with, that is a major hurdle for them to get past. It definitely is, because if one veteran explained to me perfectly. They said, one day I was at war, and literally 24 hours later, I was back home. I mean, it was that quick. Within 24 hours, they're home. And, I mean, if you think about that, you go from this extreme conflict where you're facing a lot of, a lot of battle, a lot of war, um, a lot of death, and then tomorrow you're home. And it's like you're just supposed to move forward and, like, nothing happened. And, I mean, if you just think about that, if you really take a moment and think about that, as, as even if a civilian could just think about that, to go from a conflict, to go from a battle, to literally the next day you're at home around your family. I mean, that's, well, that's such a shock. Well, that absolutely. You know, they can get us to the battlefield in a hurry uh, to to get into combat, and they can get us back home in a real hurry and making that transition. And and this is a situation, and I'm sure again that you're experiencing this with these individuals now. You know, they've got to come back to home, whether it's a a, a wife and kids or maybe with their parents, and being able to reintegrate. Uh, They've been away. Those loved ones have been here, and they've been operating on their own without you uh, being there and being in another location, and to be able to fit back into that. I mean, you you know, uh, and that's an experience itself. And I'm sure, I mean, and you probably have some stories about some of those individuals that you're working with that uh, what a challenge that is for them. Oh, the relationships strain completely. You know, it, it's not, the families go through a lot as well back home because they, they constantly worry and and wonder where they are, if they're okay, if they're going to get a knock on the door one day, and then all of a sudden everything's back and and everyone's supposed to go back to normal, and the family wants the person who they had before war, and that's who they're expecting to come home, but reality is is that whoever's coming home is going to be a complete different person, and it's, it's hard to come to terms with that, and it's hard for a lot of families to accept that, and it's hard for... The, the veteran, the service member, to accept that as well because they want to come back and they want to be normal, but it's it's completely different. They've they've completely changed in the past however long their deployment was, six months, a year, 15 months, whatever it is, they've, they've completely changed as a person. Absolutely. Well, changing here just a little bit, uh, Andrew, why don't you tell our listening, listening audience about your new book, which is titled Surviving Suicide, A Veteran's Memoir? Well, so I, I first wrote, my first book was Welcoming Your Soldier Home, and I wrote that uh, before I even began my speaking career. And uh, after that book, I started speaking, and I realized that I had written this little pamphlet for families to understand how to handle 
the soldiers coming home, but I hadn't written a book for the actual service members. So I wrote this book to kind of help the service members and people who want to know more about what service members go through coming home. I wrote this book to explain my personal experiences and everything I've been through and and what led to my suicide attempt and how I overcame it. It's It's a motivational story so that people can see that, one, they're not alone in the struggles that they're facing and that you know, someone else has been there and someone else has had the same thoughts that they've had. But two, there's also, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you just got to dig your way out to find that light. Yeah. You know, I see that you have another book to follow that one also. Yeah, the I turn- actually just wrote my third book and it's uh, Turning Your Struggles into a Blessing. And that's um, for all communities, both veteran and civilian communities. And it teaches people, you know, what I discussed earlier about using your past to build you into a better person instead of allowing it to damage your future. Mm-hmm. You know, Andrew, when I first met you, uh, the first time you were on the show, uh, you were just getting ready to uh, more or less uh, start going out on speaking engagements. Um, uh, where did you actually end up giving these seminars, and, and what kind of effect did your story have on these other guys and girls that were at the seminar? Uh, this is my favorite topic to talk about. Um, I've traveled all over the world since then. And uh, just last September, I was in South Korea and Japan, and I went all over the U.S. Wow. And a uh, majority of places I speak are colleges and military bases. And what my basic crowd are veterans and colleges, and my crowds on military bases are, of course, service members. And what I do is I get up and I tell my personal story. I give them tools on, on how to overcome struggles, and I end it on the motivational side with where my life is today. And um, it's amazing because every speech I get, it doesn't matter. I have crowds from ten to 10,000, and so it changes everywhere I go. And, but no matter what, every base I go to, I always have a line of people, sometimes to the back of the room, who want to come up and talk to me after my speech, which is a huge thing in the service because usually what, what my program is, is it's a suicide prevention briefing. And so normally whenever you get that on military bases, people are just dre- dreading it and not looking forward to it. But whenever I do it, you know, for the first time, the military is actually having someone who has served in a war that they've served in come out and speak to them. Normally it's just death by PowerPoint is what we call it in the military. And, um, but whenever I go out there, they're just amazed. And, and they come up, and it's not amazed about everything I've been through. They're amazed because I'm so vulnerable that I talk, I talk about every personal experience I've been through, and I talk about every feeling that I had during those experiences, that I become this window, this transparent window into my soul. And whenever I do that, it helps them open up. They want to come up and share their personal intimate stories with me because they realize that this guy just told a crowd of 10,000 how he tried to kill himself. Obviously, I can sit here and tell him anything without judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, why don't, are you going to tell us some of those personal stories that the audience told you? Yeah. Well, we'll, so, uh, okay. the- well, I'll tell you what. When we come back from break, we'll, we'll go right to the stories, okay? Okay. All right. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. Voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Andrew O'Brien, with his new program, Living Resilient. And uh, just before we went on break, we're going to start uh, asking uh, uh, Andrew about the stories that his peers uh, more or less uh, uh, told him. So why don't you go ahead with a couple of those? Great. So there is a sergeant who came out to me. Uh, I can't remember which base it was. and um, I remember his name, but obviously I'm not going to put that out there. Um, but he came up to me and after my speaking engagement, and he comes up to me, puts his hand in his pocket, and he pulls out a 9mm bullet. And on this bullet, there was a dent on the bottom of it, like it had tried to have been fired before. And uh, he told me, he said, I put a gun to my head, and I pulled the trigger, but the, it didn't fire. And so he saved that bullet. And he sat there, and he told me his whole story about, you know, he came home, and him and his wife weren't getting along and she was going to leave him and he just was facing all these struggles and he just couldn't handle it anymore and he felt too embarrassed to go get mental health help and um, so he decided it was the end and he tried to pull the trigger and it luckily didn't go off and uh, that's what that was his story that he told me and I was just amazed when this man wow. pulled out a bullet from his pocket and he carries it everywhere as a memory of you know, to him, that was a sign that it wasn't his time to go. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of many stories that I get. I've gotten a, an email from someone who told me, sometimes it's hard for them to come up to me after my speaking engagement, so what they'll do is they'll email me later. And they told me that um, my story had completely changed their thought on suicide because in the military, suicide is a, means you're weak. And so... This was someone who wasn't even suicidal, but they said um, my story made their the way that they think of suicide completely different. They don't see it as weakness anymore, and that's a huge thing to me because that's what I want to help too is not just the ones facing suicide or mental health struggles, but it's the ones who 
don't understand it. I want them to just have a better understanding so they can see it's not weakness. It's just a hard time in life. And, um, and there's one more story. This guy sent me an email, and he told me, he, he saw my story in the newspaper, and he said that just my story in the newspaper had given him hope and that recently he had been counting bullets again and getting ready to take his own life. And after hearing my story of struggle to success, it gave him hope again, and he's put his weapon away. Wow. You know, I've uh, I've known you at the begin since the beginning, and uh, uh, you had a program called the Wish Project, uh, and now you have a new program called the Living Resilient. Uh, what made you decide to go to uh, the newer program? I mean, was there something that uh, came up that you felt that maybe was left out of the first program, the uh, the Wish Project? Yeah, so I was doing the public speaking, and I was doing great, and, and I was getting a great response. But what I realized is um, when I get on stage is I'm going up and I'm changing these people's lives for a day, maybe a week, at most maybe a month. But reality is I'm just there for a day, and I, can't, I can only change their life so much. So what I was doing was I was a giving, a, giving a man a fish instead of teaching him how to fish. And um, I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to, I mean, I still speak, of course, but I wanted to do something more. I wanted to teach them how to fish, which is what led to Living Resilient. And um, the reason that this came up is because a very, very close friend of mine who is actually part of the WISH project, the Welcome Your Soldier Home project, recently took his own life. And um, he was an Army sniper, retired. And uh, it was just a shock to me. And he took his own life with a shotgun. And when I heard about this, it just, it broke me because we were so close. And I thought, you know, me doing what I do, I thought he would have reached out. And I realized that I was so busy in my own life. I was so busy setting up these speaking engagements and going and speaking to these crowds that I'm not really, I'm growing connection with these people for a day, but I'm not growing a close enough connection long enough. And so I created the six-week program, which is Living Resilient, my coaching side, and the six-week program helps them learn how to overcome their struggles step-by-step step. because in the Army, it's crawl, crawl, walk, run. And so that's where I made my, my six-week program. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the life coaching program? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. What exactly are you, I mean, are you looking for um, more things. I mean, uh, you, I remember you telling us at the beginning uh, before we went on the air that uh, you did get a little bit of funding, which is uh, great. Um, and, uh, you know, that, <laughs> that's what it's all about. And uh, you were looking for other... How could, how could people that listen to the program help out here? There's, there's two things that I really need. Um, the first thing is for my, my coaching program, I do it for both civilians and military. It's anyone who's ever been through a traumatic experience. And it can be traumatic from something as, you know, something as, something like a, a heartbreak, something like a, a divorce that has really just affected your life as a civilian. Or it could be something extreme, like in the military, seeing combat. And what I need is the first thing I'm looking for is I don't charge the military to go through my program. And each soldier goes through a six-week program. I can personally coach them through this program. There's a workbook and, and everything. And I've had it, I have it all set up. And what I need is someone 
I need people to write scholarship checks to be able to send veterans and military members through my program for complete, completely no cost to them. And that's the first thing I need. And the program, it's, it's $500 for a six-week program, and it completely changes their life. And if I have to extend the program to really, if someone needs some more special attention, I'll give it to them. Um, the second thing I'm looking for is anyone who's been through traumatic experiences who are really ready to move forward in their life and want to go through my six-week program, civilian or civilian or military. Wow. Now, you're also, that, that's also going to include, like, uh, uh, individual uh, help, uh, even with emails, correct? Yeah. So I do once, once a week for an hour, we speak over the phone or webcam, and whatever they're comfortable with. And then um, throughout that six-week program, I'm constantly available for email support anytime that they need to reach out. Mm-hmm. All right. And you're looking for other help as far as, like you mentioned, underwriters, uh, uh, psychologists with a specialty in PTSD. So if they're yeah, listening... So uh, uh, the underwriters are the people who will write the scholarships um, for veterans and service members to go through my program. And I'm also looking for psychologists who specialize in post-traumatic stress um, who are interested in kind of being advisors into my program. I will be creating a new program um, where it's an online tool where people can just sign up and get um, online uh, short videos into their email. That is, It's kind of like my coaching program, but it's less personalized to where people can just download the program if they're not looking for individual coaching but it can still help them move forward, and I need psychologists to advise me on it and, and uh, give advice. Mm-hmm. All right. Bill? Well, Andrew, uh, uh, just uh, carrying that a little bit further, uh, you know, uh, looking at our men and women who've served in this country, uh, today and going back a little bit, the, the changes, and, and, and I'm talking about World War II up until uh, uh, through uh, Vietnam. Most of our folks who served came from the urban areas of the, of the country, from the uh, Iraq, Afghanistan uh, era, and even at the Gulf War era. Um, uh, the, the great majority of these individuals are now coming from the rural and remote areas of our country. Furthermore, men and women who are serving now in the military uh, would be surprised with the size of our population, but less than one-half of 1% of our, our, our population is serving in the military. Now, that gets to the point when these recent returnees from the battlefield and combat who are returning to us with problems, uh, the the challenges that they have in the remoral, r- 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 rural and remote areas of getting help services to help them with the kinds of things that you're talking about. Uh, I'm sure that you've run into some of those individuals who are, you know, living a, a long way away from a VA clinic or hospital. How are those individuals coping with their struggles as they return and the kinds of things that they're bringing to your attention that they're going through? 
You know, a lot of these guys are, are really struggling. Um, if you think back to the Vietnam generation, a lot of them ended up um, getting away from society, you know, living in um, different areas when they came home to get away from the civilian world. And the Iraq and Afghanistan veterans are, are becoming similar. They're moving out to the country, one, because it's cheaper, and two, because they've been there so much they just need peace and quiet. And now there, it is a struggle to get to VAs because they have to get to the VA. It could be an hour and a half drive just to get there. And for anyone that's ever been to the VA, just the drive, that's going to be what your waiting time is to get in for your appointment. And, well, um, Andrew, Andrew it, it, pardon me for interrupting. An hour and a half driving time to wait for a 15 or 20-minute appointment. Right. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's a 15 or 20 minute appointment, but that an appointment that's not really going to be on time either. So you'll get there on time for your Absolutely. appointment, have to wait for however long to actually be seen, and then do that 15, 20 minute appointment, and then turn around and do that drive. And that yes. also, you know, affects gas isn't cheap either. And um, sometimes it's just the struggle to get there isn't worth it. You know, they rather just suck it up and deal with it in their own way instead of having to do this day trip to go to a doctor's appointment. That's and, right. Um, that's why I made my program uh, be able to be over the phone and webcams, because even if they don't have Internet, everybody has a phone, and um, that's why I wanted to reach out to that population as well. All well, right. that, that, that's, that's great because the, 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 the challenges out there are, are so numerous. I mean, we've, we haven't even touched, uh, you know, uh, really to get in depth with the kinds of things that, uh, that uh, they, they come up against. And, 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 and that's something that we have to be concerned about because these individuals, they need attention, they need help, they need assistance. And for the most part, they're not forthcoming you know, with those challenges, and especially with our women veterans also who have a whole different set of kinds of things with this post-traumatic stress and the uh, the sexual abuse and those kinds of things. So it's a real, real powder keg out there, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Now, what we're going to do, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, um, and uh, when we come back, uh, uh, maybe we can touch on a couple more stories. How's that sound? Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you own a business and would be interested in saving money on your merchant account? Then check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. By the way, they are national. Give Josh a call right now. That's Josh Cole at First Class Merchant Services. Call 407 407- Four zero one zero seven seven two. That's four zero seven four zero one zero seven seven two. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Andrew O'Brien, with his new program, Living Resilient. And uh, why don't you tell us uh, maybe one or two uh, uh, stories again about, uh, you know, the type of stories that your audience came up and approached you and told uh, you about. I have one in mind that really uh, hits home for me. And what I, the reason I started speaking isn't because I wanted to be known as the only veteran doing it. I wanted to create a movement, um, a movement in the military population to start to destigmatize mental health. And I went to, I believe it was in South Carolina, Fort Jackson, and mm-hmm. I went to go and do a speaking engagement, and afterwards this first sergeant comes up to me, and it's a male first sergeant, and he's telling me his story of, of sexual abuse as a child. And he's telling me this story around five or six other soldiers, and they weren't of his same rank. They were... Um, they were his soldiers, and he was telling me a story, and I was amazed, and I said, so you, you sit here and you tell me the story in front of your soldiers, this is something that they know, and he said, yeah, and he's very proactive in getting them mental health help, and he shares his struggle um, to make them feel comfortable to come to him and, and to seek help, and I just thought that that was absolutely amazing, that something that's that personal and that intense, and for a male who's gone through sexual abuse, that's a very hard thing to talk about. But he did that in front of his soldiers, and I just thought that that was the whole reason that I do what I do is for that. It's this leader, this person who all his soldiers look up to is comfortable. They're comfortable now. And I guarantee that suicide is not as big of a risk in his unit because they know his story and they know what he's been through, and they feel comfortable to seek help. And and that was one of the biggest stories that really hit home to me. Um, Another one was in... South Carolina, uh, Sergeant First Class in E7 came up to me and asked me how I started doing everything that I do, and I told him the story, and he told me that he's getting out soon and he wants to do it. And I asked him why, and he said because his story was similar to mine and that he wanted to help prevent soldiers from committing suicide as well. 
And that, you know, again, it's, it's that leadership who stands up and, and is proactive in the mental health world and makes their soldiers feel comfortable. Those stories is what really hits home for me because that's what's going to change the world for the military population. It's not the lower enlisted, it's the higher enlisted who the lower enlisted look up to that can really make the difference. That's well, true. Andrew, you know, that, 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 that's some compelling information because I think even in today's uh, uh, time, uh, you know, uh, our, our population, uh, probably another word as to how severe the suicide issue is. Today we talk about 22 suicides uh, per day. And, you know, it, it seems like we're comfortable with that figure. I mean, one, two, one suicide is, is, is more than, than needs to occur. But if, if, if we're owning up to 22 suicides a day, obviously that's more. And, 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 it, and it's going to continue that way. You know, and, but going back to Gary and my era of Vietnam, uh, I mean, that, that's been and continues to be an explosive issue. And I tell the story all the time that, uh, you know, on the battlefield in Vietnam, we lost 58,210 of our brave men and women. And because of our inability to adjust in coming back, uh, in suffering from this depression and anxiety, uh, self-medication, drugs, alcohol, uh, you know, experiencing homelessness, we uh, uh, have uh, uh, destroyed our lives, the Vietnam veterans, more so since we've come home than we were on the battlefield because our suicides with the uh, Vietnam era now exceed those uh, battlefield deaths. And, uh, and I think we're, we're heading right down the same path. So one of the things that I think is so important that if there's a close friend or a relative, especially a family uh, member, how important that is in a, uh, a, a veteran's life to be able to monitor what they're doing and to be able to speak for them uh, when necessary because all the time we're not forthcoming to talk about what is ailing us. Right. And, you know, right now it's a perfect time to talk about that tool that I was talking about. Um, you know, there's a tool that I tell everybody for preventing a suicide. And this, ha- this does with veteran and civilian population is the best, strongest tool out there is vulnerability. It's bringing yourself, if they are depressed, if they're bothered by something, it's bringing yourself to that point in your life and being vulnerable about it and it's being open. It's not making judgment. You know, the first thing people want to do is make judgment and say, oh, you're fine, or it's okay, it's in the past, and it's not okay, and it's not in the past. It's part of their life, and the best thing is to be vulnerable and to be that transparent window and to let them, if you want someone to allow you into their soul, the first thing you have to do is allow them into yours, and the way to do that is to share your personal intimate stories of trauma, of something that really hurt you and something that really destroyed you. And that's what's going to grow that bond and that trust that's going to make them open up to you because they know that they can trust you with what they're saying. So what you're saying is share your story along with that person that uh, that's considering uh, suicide. 
Right. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I mean that that's what we all need to learn on. Um, definitely, if we if we knew if we can take that as advice, um, you know, everybody needs it because you know I run it across it weekly, um, and uh, it's nice it's nice to have another option to uh, aim uh, as far as uh, using this tool. Um, I would tell stories also, um, and I could see where you could tell the difference. You know, when the peer to peer, the uh, camaraderie, the um, the closeness uh, uh, when you do share your story. So definitely, I appreciate uh, bringing that up. Now, don't forget to give. Why don't you give our audience uh, your contact information? We're, we can't forget about that. Oh yeah, um, my <laughs> website is www.livingresilient.com. Or you can just do suicidespeaker.com, and it will forward you to that website. Again, my name is Andrew O'Brien, and you can contact me by email at andrew at wyshproject.org. So that's andrew at wishproject with a y dot org. All right. Now, uh, you have everything set up for the uh, Living Resilient also, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I hear. I hear myself. <laughs> All right. I hear. I hear myself. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Andrew. Uh, you know, it's, we only have a couple of minutes left, and it was a pleasure having you on our show again. And and we want you back when you know as this becomes successful, so you can let keep us updated. Okay. Now, Andrew, what would you like to share with our listeners uh, in closing? In closing, the base thing I want to share is that the military population really needs our support out there. Um, there's a lot of nonprofits out there that you can donate to and, and really make a difference. Uh, the biggest thing I want to explain is my coaching program is something different than a lot of people out there offer. Um, I don't do retreats. I don't do camping. What I do is I focus one-on-one with that specific veteran to really attack those struggles, and that's what's going to make the difference is really focusing on that one-on-one, not just going to an amusement park or a retreat, but really focus on those demons and, and help take those away. And so if you, even if it's not my program that you want to support, make sure you're supporting a program that really focuses one-on-one uh, with these veterans and that can really make a difference. Definitely. Bill? Well, Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, uh, thank you for your service to the country. Thank you for your consi- uh, your continuing service to uh, veterans uh, because it certainly is and will continue to make a difference in their lives. And I hope you will consider coming back to and being with us again to give us an, an update on things that you're doing. Thank That's you all very much and thank you for your service, Bill. Yeah. Appreciate it, Andrew. Now, if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetworkRadio.com. And yes, you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network Radio spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm your host, Gary Ray, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America and a variety channel. And we'll see you next Next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. 
please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, you're 